I won't. I'll try my best not to hold the whole Michigan thing against you during. during <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I won't make any promises, but okay. um, I mean, I, it's just because it's so similar, right? I mean, Ohio, Michigan's like. Oh, it's the are, best rivalry in the country. It's great. I mean, even like oh, geographically, we have lakes. Yeah. It's you know, it's like we're kind of like rusty, belty sort of. I guess I don't know. Do you guys identify with that? I mean, Detroit's like is. Yeah, certainly lower Michigan more so. So I'm up in northern Michigan, almost like 45 minutes south of the Upper Peninsula. So we are more the tourist vacation, um, come and, you know, stay here and go to the beaches and shop and all that kind of stuff, much more so than than Rust Belty. So so you're, you're like the, the place that people in Michigan go to vacation, like within yes. Michigan. And actually a lot of people from Ohio and Illinois and all over the place. That, just, <laughs> that might be a rumor. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How far is it from Canada? Because I feel like you're like probably like right in Canada's back door. Yeah. So I am about, let's see, I'm about half hour south of the bridge and it's about another half hour. So about, about two, about an hour, hour and a half away from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, does it ever surprise you how little you know about geography? Just like when you talk to people, like, what's like, yes. is there a thing that you a just like? I, I just like, I know nothing about you. Like, my teachers have failed me. I know nothing about <laughs> geography. Okay, so look at your left hand, the back of your left hand. No, this does is it, all right. Does it look like Michigan? Does a it a little bit? I guess. So right at the top of your left ring finger is where my where where Petoskey is. That's where I live. That's probably the best explanation geographically anybody's ever. I know, right? You don't even have to see it. I can just, you know, just as long as you have a left hand, you can. <laughs> well. Or the well, right hand, palm up. <laughs> you just you just alienated about one percent of know, the audience. Right? <laughs> just, Oops. Uh, hmm. So um, so as as we were saying briefly, like we've crossed paths digitally, but we really know very little about each other, just in really any way, shape, or form, which is probably sad. Um. <laughs> It's a small what? industry, though. I feel like, you know, as big as it is, it is, it is very small. Um, and, uh, you know, I was surprised I you, you're running a pretty big shop. And what I think what I was more surprised about, and I'm, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I don't know if you want to be outed as a health insurance person, but you are listed as under the health insurance. Is that what is that your main gig? Like, what do you like to do? Like, what's your insurance kind of jam? Yeah. So I we do a little bit of everything. I mean, we're a midsize agency in a small town in northern Michigan. And so it's really hard. I mean, I, I guess we could do it. Um, it's it's hard to niche in any one specific thing. Um, so we do property casualty, we do personal, we do commercial, we do health. I'm personally not so much into health. Um, we have some really good people here, um, in the office that, that specialize that and, and really excel at it, both in group benefits as well as individual stuff, uh, Medicare and everything and, and the individual policies. But, um, my background is primarily PNC and actually primarily personal lines, um, my dad started the agency in the late 70s, and I feel like I've been working here forever. <laughs> uh, I think my first job was actually when I was 12. I came over yeah. from school after middle school on Fridays so that everybody else could go to the pub in the afternoon uh, just down the street. So I was answering phones and you know, attempting to assist clients at 12, 13, 14 years old. It was kind of crazy. Wow, they, they let you in the building. That's pretty cool. I know, right? I'm, I'm not so sure I would let my children do this, but, you know, it was a different time. <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I know my, I didn't, I didn't actually get to go into the office for quite some time. They just let me keep 
make sure the outside looked pretty. That was the only <laughs> thing they would let me do for a while. So yeah. Um, yeah, but, I was uh, assistant file clerk. I was, you know, assistant receptionist. I was personal lines, so on and so forth. My dad has uh, been pretty much retired for the last 10 years. So I've been running, managing oh. the business for about 10 years now. But okay. um, yeah. Kind so yeah talk, yeah, talk to me about being the second. I mean, this is obviously a very, very common story within the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, being a you know somebody that has inherited, you know, just a bit, it's just been a part of who they are basically since they were born. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what advantages first do you think that has given you, like a, a certain respect, just a just a way about the business over somebody that's coming in fresh? Sure, um, it certainly gives me a sense of history. Um, there's a, a knowledge that I don't know if it was just acquired through osmosis or sitting at the dining room table or something like that. But um, the understanding the value of what we do as a business and, and how we take care of customers and, um, and assist and, and be there for them at their, you know, potentially worst experiences. Um, I have a lot of respect for that. And, and I, and a lot of people do, I'm not saying that I'm unique in that way, but um I, you know, dad introduced me as his retirement when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. So in some ways yeah. I've been, you know, brainwashed into this, but yeah. coming into and how he brought me into this, I think is somewhat unique. Um, also really beneficial. I have worked in every position in the agency. Um, I do have a really good understanding of what the, um, the pros and cons and the stresses and the, you know, challenges are for every person that works here. And it makes me, I think, a much more empathetic um, boss, leader, you know, whatever you want to call me. Um, certainly more understanding of, of what the challenges are uh, helps me be, um, it just helps me be more understanding, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, we should we should probably I don't know if authorities need to get involved, but there's probably more people than we would care to admit that have maybe been brainwashed in the industry. So I'm not sure. I, I would absolutely agree with that because I, you know, I've always questioned the people that choose this industry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what their sanity level is like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, it there's there's something to be said for um, being a part of this industry. and. Um, making sure people are covered correctly and making sure that if and when something bad happens that we're there to take care of them and and try to make them as whole as possible um being in a small town northern michigan i we're such a big part of the community um it feels really good you know part of one of the things one of the major things that i've been working with in the last four years three four years is how i want to run this business and how I want to take care of my coworkers and and how I want to take care of the community that we that we live in and operate in and and things like that. And there's there's just there's just something to be said for um if we don't have a strong and thriving community, communities, you know, all around us in northern Michigan, all the, the small towns up here, if they aren't thriving and growing, I don't have a business. So what can I do and how can we position ourselves to assist and, and um, help grow those communities 
so that there are businesses to insure. There are people that are buying houses and cars and all of the, you know, they're employing people and their receipts are going up, not down and, and all of those kinds of things. What can we do as a business to assist with that? And that's been a really fun challenge to take on the last three years or so is, is how can we do more um, while still doing everything we need to do, selling insurance and taking care of customers and dealing with claims and all of those kinds of things, the day-to-day -day of the insurance agency hasn't changed. But how can we um, be better stewards in the community to foster growth and, and all of that? It's been fun. Yeah, well, and that's it's certainly, I mean, it's certainly one of the approaches that, you know, kind of we are known for. It's like, you know, being in, in, in there and, and making sure that, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can being active in, in our, you know, specific communities. I want to, I want to jump back. I'm curious what your thoughts are, because you'd said, you know, it's, it's, you know, insurance has kind of been a part of you for your whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, your dad has been introducing you as the retirement plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and from my experience, it was, you always, you know, and what you'd said was um, to be there for somebody on their worst day. And if somebody's only been in the business, you know, five years, maybe even 10 years, mm -hmm. they have not seen that day yet. Correct. Uh, and it's and it's lost on them, you know, kind of what that means. Uh, when you come from a, a, a generation of insurance people, you always got that story, right? Like every night at dinner, there's the, hey, I, you know, this one time I did this or your grand, my, you know, for me, I, I was third generation. And it was like, hey, your grandfather did that. You always got that story. Mm -hmm. um, it, was that kind of a similar experience of just kind of hearing how those how those times really mattered to people? Um, yes. You know, dad didn't talk all that much about it at home. Um, it was more from me coming into the office and, um, you know, being part of conversations here internally and things like that. Um, I remember when I was in high school, there was a bad car accident and, and, um, friend, Friends of mine um, were involved in it, seriously injured, one passed away, and I remember just being devastated. I still am. It was a horrible experience. Um, and when I told my dad about it that night, and I, 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 at the time, I did not get it, um, but his first reaction was, I wonder if we insure them. And I'm thinking, you heartless person. <laughs> and what he was thinking was, do I need to contact them? How do I get a hold of the parents? You know, all of those kinds of things with um, making sure that the, you know, the, the the parents can take care of their kids that are in the hospital and he can help and assist with whatever needs to be done outside of that. You know, that was his, his first reaction. And it's interesting because now that I've been in the business for um, full-time for 20 years, oh, good Lord, full-time for 20 years now, um, that's kind of my first reaction too. I hear um, fire trucks go by, and I think, "Oh, good, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope it's not a fire. And if it is, if it's one of ours, you know, I need to find out who it is, and I need to, you know, start working on it, all that kind of stuff." So it's interesting um, how how things change based on the business that you're in, you know. Um, yeah, I was curious. You know, one of the things that you know you know, kind of, you know, having those experiences and kind of seeing things um, kind of, you know, kind of across, you know, not just uh, yours, you know, official time in the industry. Um, at what at what point do you try and look past, like, at what point does some of that become a disadvantage to where it, it you either become too comfortable in it or, 
um, it's just you've inherited too much of the past. Like where, where have you found the ability to kind of break that, that line or that chain? There's a couple things. Um, I think as we get a nerd in our business, um, all of the, you know, the acronyms start showing up in our conversations or somebody calls with a claim and it's just kind of, okay, it's another claim for us. And we forget that it's their first time experiencing it potentially, or they've never gone through this before. And so, um, trying to not, not, you have to do your job and you have to be really good at your job, but you also have to be empathetic and understanding that other people may never have gone through this before. So, you know, there's things that we've put in place here in the office where we have like a claims checklist. If we've gone through a car accident claim 5 million times, we may skip a few steps here and there, educational steps or whatever it may be, because we know what we need to do, but the insured doesn't. And so by putting these kinds of checklists or reminders or um, anything that you, you need to, to put in place for yourself to just take you out of the routine of what you're doing, to take a step back and realize the other person on the end of this conversation, whatever it may be, may be going through this for the first time. And so part of that is checklists and procedures and processes that we put in place in the office, but but the other big part of it is just talking about it. So staff meetings, we have conversations about um, experiences that we've had over the last few weeks and how we handled them or a conversation that we had with a client or a company rep, a marketing rep or, or um, underwriter or something like that. The more we, we share the conversations that we're having and what we've learned from them with everybody in the office, the better we can all be with it. Yeah, I mean, so I just it's just curious, you know, because you know, you, you're talking to people across the spectrum of the industry, and 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 kind of you know the ones that have started from scratch, and and, and, and you know a lot of people that have been in it forever. Um, just kind of understanding that balance of 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 where do you you know you know fully maximize that experience, but at the same time, sure. you know, kind of as as Jeff Bezos puts it, you know, operating like at like every day is day one. You know, it's like the first day of you know business. Absolutely. It is very hard when you are uh, coming into an existing business to break that habit of we've done it, we, we're doing it this way because we've always done it this way and trying to think outside the box and trying to switch things up and do differently. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's changing the culture of a business is probably one of the most difficult and, and time consuming and hands-on labor intensive things that you can do. Yeah. I'm super fortunate here because the, the culture that dad kind of created here was very um, not micro, he, he never micromanaged. So he hired people that were um, bright, intelligent, smart people that, that could, could pick up the job quickly, easily, were empathetic with the customers and didn't need to be micromanaged. They are passionate about what they're doing and they take it the next step. There's, um, uh, Gallup studies out there that talk about uh, employee engagement. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They've been uh, doing the study for almost 20 years now. And I think this year is the first, is, is the highest percentage of engaged employees they've ever seen in the last 20 years. And it's only 30 for 34%. So hmm. if, in in the American workforce, only 34% of employees are actively engaged at work. 
That means 66% of employees. So if you have 10 people at your business, six and a half of them are working for the weekend. Monday's the worst day of the week. Five o'clock can't come fast enough. You know, all yeah. of those kinds of things, they're, they're punching a clock. And that's not the way I want to run a business. I want to be happy in my job. I want to love my life. I, I want to I have the best career possible. And I do. But I also have to make sure that that my coworkers feel the same way. I mean, that they want to come to work Monday morning and, and maybe want is a strong word. <laughs> maybe that might be a little bit of a stretch, but they enjoy coming to work. They enjoy their job. They are um, passionate about what they're doing. They understand the full value and purpose of what we do as a business and all of their passions outside of work. So the things that they are excited about or interested in or um, feel like giving back to being a part of volunteering for all of those kinds of things we support as well. So if there's something that um, somebody feels strongly about and they want to volunteer for, we encourage that we um, we will help fund that if we need to. It'll If it's during office hours, that's fine. They can go and do that, all of that kind of stuff. So they're feeling engaged and part of the work part of the workplace but also part of the community and helping to build those thriving communities so one of the bigger changes i think i've made over the last few years um, is kind of involved in that community involvement standpoint so if anybody wants to be involved in a service organization we pay their dues and it's if it's time out of the office during the work hours that's fine um, we don't count those against them or anything. If they want to volunteer for a, a nonprofit in the community, either being on the board or volunteering for events or, or whatever it may be, um, we encourage that as well. I've got three people out of my staff of 18 who are involved with the victim service unit. Um, so at any time of the day or night, if they're on call, they could get called out to a serious accident or, or injury. Um, to assist the family members with, you know, what they need to do and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so we encourage all of that. And I don't, I don't track any of those hours that occur during office hours. Um, we all just pick up and take care of the clients because customers need to be handled and we don't want people to go into voicemail and things yeah. like that. But um, everybody here feels much more a part of everything and and they they they're enjoying their life and how they're living if that makes sense it does and can i just say one thing i i mm -hmm. can't tell you how much i appreciate the fact that you call your dad dad um as most <laughs> people in the industry like i i've seriously have friends in the industry that will call their their, their parents by the first name I'm like dude that's weird like it, it i know it's, it's very your, weird <laughs> i know it's your, my buddy my buddy josh Upson, i'm gonna out him right now he, he always says steve i was like who's steve i was like what is like who is steve <laughs> It's not like it's a secret that he's my dad. I'm, I'm very comfortable yeah. calling him dad, even in the workforce. So I, I get the, I get it how some people might not not yeah. like. It. I'm just saying I appreciate that. So first yeah. off, second of all, this is this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious on your thoughts on this um, about the whole 34 percent or whatever it was yeah. of people engaged. Mm -hmm. Is it is it so much of trying to increase that number, or just I think maybe the first step of maybe even being aware that 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 is a reality and that uh, people kind of want. Again, we, you know, I think a lot of people understand that most people aren't going to go put their career on the line or life on the line or whatever. They're not going to approach that their job like you would being the owner. But mm -hmm. to say, listen, all right, listen, I know you're just here to get to the weekend. How can I make it, you know, how can I serve that 
purpose or that mission for you? Or would you like to try and find something else within this job? I mean, would it even be, would you even consider having the conversation of, Hey, yo, um, listen, I know, like you said, like <laughs> X number of people are, are looking for the weekend, which ones yeah. are you? It's okay. Just tell me, um, sure. you know, admitting it is the first step to recovery sort of thing. Like, is that crazy? <laughs> like what, like, what does that look like? Well, it's interesting. Cause when I first heard that statistic, it shocked me and I was started thinking through, so, you know, we're almost to 20 people. So if it's 60, I'm not going to be able to do the math, but roughly what, 12, 13 people. If, yeah. if my agency is statistically normal, 12, 13 people that work here would be actively disengaged or, or disengaged at work, not actively disengaged, actively disengaged is closer to, I think it's, uh, 13% of the workforce is actively disengaged. And they're the ones that are actually sabotaging the business that they work for. I'm really hoping I don't have any of those. Um, right, well, I'm looking at a picture of the, the team on your website right now. I'm just making my own personal bets. Here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, if we ever get to that point, I'll, I'll see if I was right or not. Yeah. 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 So, Looking at my business and looking at that statistic, I started thinking through, do I really have 12 or 13 people that are disengaged at work? Um, I definitely have some. I mean, every business is going to have some, but I don't, not that many. We, I definitely have more actively engaged people that are working here um, than the statistics would, would indicate. And I, and I relate a lot of that to our culture. Um, I relate a lot of that to um how the agencies run and the autonomy that people have here that they don't necessarily have at other jobs. Um, I think there's really four drivers of workplace culture um, that uh, that help with that. And we've kind of been working on a lot of this over the last maybe four or five years or so. But, um, you know, having meaning in your job outside of just coming here and answering calls and um, dealing with clients that may be upset or frustrated or whatever. Um, caring about the people that you work with, um, both top down as well as inter um, department and everything. Do you actually care about the people that you work with as people and not just numbers and statistics? Um, do people here have the opportunity to grow and to learn and to get better? I think one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on is um, the knowledge that we have internally. Um, which is probably one of the challenges we have, biggest challenges we have coming up in the next five years, because I've got a lot of people that are going to be retiring within five years. So how do we transition that knowledge? How do we keep that, you know, cultural agency, historical knowledge, um, just knowledge about insurance industry and everything. So what opportunities can I give people to learn and grow and get better and, and, and so on and so forth? And then how much do people have a say? How much are their voices heard internally? Um, are they are encouraged to speak up and share ideas? And um, what can we do going forward? And, um, you know, we do a lot of group brainstorming sessions in the office and about just about any kind of topic. Um, and it's not, it's not me that's running all of that. It's internally, it's, it's my coworkers that, um, come up with ideas or um, things to do or to try or or so on and so forth. And so by them being able to speak up and be heard and, and ideas implemented, it's hugely engaging to people. You know, they're not just 
coming to work and getting a paycheck. They're actually involved in the success and growth of the business as well as the success and growth of the community. And so um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a big deal. Well, yeah, I mean, even just as something as simple as not counting hours yeah. out of the office to go, you know, serve on a board or, you know, participate in something that, you know, you know, ultimately allowing their, their sort of passions to align with, you know, their career or their job or whatever. Yep. And that that's kind of the one thing I wanted to kind of get to, you know, it's, you've kind of mentioned it, you know, quite a bit is just that involvement in the community and, and how you really just set the agency up to really just be a force just to, to encourage it. Uh, what have you found? Because, you know, what have you found most successful in, in allowing people to get out there? I don't want to say that there's you know, strategies or tactics or, I mean, what, how, is it just sim as simple as being there? Just like, Hey, like, you know, playing with you, like just being with your kids sort of thing. Is it just as simple <laughs> as being there or is it, or is there something a little bit more, I don't want to say strategic, but just to, to how you approach, like you said, making the community a better place and then making sure people know that you're there to protect that community or improve. Sure. So it is not strategic. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's not, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that. Um, about four years ago, we decided to spend less money on paper advertising, like print advertising, um, and instead use those dollars to fund people to do things in the community. So with they have, we have a festival in the summer and we put a team together and we go and, and um, bartend at the, the beer tent down there. Um, we have people that are involved in Rotary and Kiwanis and Zanta. Um, we have women that are involved in the Connecting Women in Business group through the Chamber. We do a ton of things with the Chamber of Commerce here. Um, we've got the Victim Service Unit. We've got equine therapy. We've got Oh gosh, what else do we do? I know there's more. Uh, Mana Food Project, um, YMCA. Uh, there's just all kinds of things that we're um, trying to become involved with, not specifically to benefit the business. That is not the intent of it. The intent is for us to do things that make us individually feel good about ourselves and our lives, help the community, help the organizations do all of those kinds of stuff. The side effect of that is that we, I have a lot of people that are out and about in the community representing Harbor Brand in a very positive way. So they yeah. are actively helping organizations. You know, we write checks. I mean, we're, we're, we're generous um, dollars wise to organizations, but we're very generous with our volunteer hours. And so a lot of times that's the biggest challenge that some organizations have is finding people that um, want to help and be a part of events or, or whatever it may be. So what I'm finding, we started serving our customers about a year ago um, and asking them, you know, how likely are you to recommend Harbor Bren? And if they say, you know, the nines and tens, um, we ask them, um, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment telling us what we're doing well, we always love good feedback. It's really surprising to me how many of our customers, both new coming into the agency as well as existing customers, commented about how involved we are in the community and how much they love that. So my side goal through all of this is to uh, increase the visibility of Harbor Brand in the community, but also 
just keeping that that front of mind um name out there you know what i mean it's not it's not a it's not a canned print ad in the the paper it's somebody actively going out there and talking about it. I can't tell you how many times I have people come up to me and say, oh yeah, hey, I've been meaning to, to ask you, can you take a look at our insurance? Um, I just yeah. had one yesterday, an email came in from someone I'm on a board with. And so we're growing with the clients that I wanna grow with. You know, we're not, we're not saving you 15% in 15 minutes or more because quite honestly, anybody could do that. You just may not have coverage at the time of loss. We're not doing the, the traditional, um, we're gonna be the best possible price for you. Um, what we're doing is we're gonna do the best possible job for you and the money that you spend here stays here. And the time that, that you know we spend here helps here. And so, it's not it's not an in your face thing it's very much a um a feeling about our agency and it's working i mean we've had uh, through summer got a little bit crazy but you know from january through june we were up almost 11% which is the biggest organic growth increase we've had in probably 5 years um it was it was it's been a good year and it's kind of all coming how to fruition now how recent is the i mean like how long have you been kind of i mean it sounds like the community has always been a thing but did you at some point say you know we're really gonna really gonna put our money where our mouth is invest yeah. in it was about three years ago three years ago okay. where we we were start we started telling our story better too so we had always done certain things here and there um but yeah. we started telling our story better so i have a, a co-worker who loves social media i've always loved social media. I just don't have the time for it. She loves social media. And I kind of said, here, here's Harvard Run's Facebook account. Here's the Instagram account here. I want you to run with it. I trust you. I know you're going to do well with it. And she has just done an amazing job with promoting, not promoting, but talking about what we're doing, promoting other organizations in the community, um, sharing kind of the fun stuff that we do. I can't, you know, I have this, these six employees that are going to be retiring in the next five years. I am cautiously optimistic that I won't have any challenge hiring people because um, whenever we have had a position open in the last year, two years, I'm getting really good candidates. Um, people from downstate that want to move up north, um, people that have worked in the area for a while and just really like what we're doing here at Harbor Brand. So it's it's not just a client acquisition process for us, it's also an employee acquisition process for us and, and it seems to be working well. Huh, I like mm -hmm. that. Um, so now we, didn't, we haven't even gotten to the best part. I mean, maybe we have, <laughs> but... Um, we're going to see you at Elevate this year, if I'm if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. um, and you are. And um, what, what's one thing like you know um, that that you're excited to kind of you know kind of share in that session with people um, with some of the stuff that you're already doing and how they can kind of maybe kind of take some of that and and work in their agency. Sure. So I really want to talk about this this concept of conscious business, conscious capitalism. Um, but I want to 
I'm going to be talking about it specifically as it relates to your, your agency culture. So um, I mentioned a little bit about kind of the four drivers, what I think the four drivers of workplace culture are and how it can help you um, hire and retain employees, um, how it can help you build that um, that business that you're trying to build, you know, that that great long lasting, you know, agency that's going to be around forever. Um, how how can you develop that culture to support all of that? Um, ideally, anybody that attends a session will be able to take concrete real ideas home to implement right away. That's one of my biggest things about any conference that I go to is I want to, I, I love hearing ideas and I love thinking about things and I love, you know, all of the things that come out strategically down the road. But if I can get, you know, two, three, four real concrete things that I can take back to the agency and implement right away, that feels like something that's really valuable, valuable to me. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, the culture piece of it, um, I think there's so many businesses that are struggling to hire and retain people. Um, I think a lot of, of what, what I plan to talk about and, and hopefully share with other people, uh, other agencies in the, in the audience, um, a lot of those ideas will help in that aspect. If if you could kind of just give them like this, this is probably the most unfair question of the day. But <laughs> if you could, if you could toss out one thing, like hey, if you just tried this, just kind of just a, a prerequisite, if you will, to kind of get them started or just kind of test the waters, um, kind of put their agency in, in a in a better position. Like, what's what's one of those first things that they can maybe <sighs> see a, a, just a tiny result from before they get there? Sure, um, I would actually have a conversation with your coworkers. I would. I would have a conversation and say, what do you like about your job? What do you not like about your job? And be very open to the feedback. Um, I do not handle criticism well, even constructive criticism. I am not the type of person <laughs> that does well with that. Um, so it's really challenging for me to go around and say, hey, what do you not like about working here? Um, but some of the best ideas have come from those kinds of conversations. So if you can, I mean, even if you just pick four or five people to talk to and say, um, you know, what's what's your favorite thing about working here and what's your least favorite thing? And then challenge those people to come up with a way to fix the least favorite. And I don't know that that every answer is going to be, you know, knock it out of the park, but it's it's going to plant a seed somewhere and it's going to have some kind of um, some, some kind of repercussions within the business. Um, we did, we did a, uh, agency brainstorming session. I brought lunch in and, and had everybody kind of sit around the table and we wanted to talk about, and this is going to sound silly, but, um, I had just read this book about, uh, the environmental impact of businesses, um, this guy was a carpet manufacturer, which is way more environmentally less friendly than than what we do. But I wanted to get everybody's ideas for what we could do internally to reduce our environmental impact. Um, we don't manufacture anything, but we produce a hell of a lot of paper. So what can we do to reduce that? How can we reduce our energy usage? One of the smallest and simplest ideas came out that, you know, the business cards that we use, why don't we use, you know, 100% post-consumer recycle paper and things like that, that seem little, 
and don't cost anything, but get people involved and um, engaged and being heard. Um, those kinds of things, they, they're, they're absolutely worth the hour, two hours you have the conversations for. It's absolutely, uh, it's priceless. That's good stuff, Ashley. Uh, no, I, I like that a lot. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> and I'm excited because we were just saying how we have not actually crossed paths in our many years in the industry. And um, I think we will maybe officially get to do that at Elevate 19 this year. So that'll be exciting. Yay. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be a good time. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to drop a shameless plug, elevateconference.com right now. If you want to grab your tickets, come see Ashley because that's going to be some really good stuff. Um, Ash, I'm really excited to have you there, and um, and I I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to to know each other, even if we do live in Ohio and Michigan. <laughs> Absolutely, I am excited for the other classes you guys have scheduled. I was looking through the agenda, and I'm planning on coming for the whole thing and sitting through all these other classes as well. So it's going to be a good time. 